I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest. 60 minutes in radio, so we're going to get right to it today. And as always, we're going to try to help you slow things down just a little bit, make sure that we can separate the rage from the reason, get down to the things that actually matter most, and uh, help you make the news make sense in your world today. Uh, And obviously, the world continues uh, to spin in a pretty crazy fashion. And I think the the first and foremost thing we've we've all got to keep in mind is that we we need to be calm. (laughs) We need to continue to move forward however we can, wherever we can, and uh, that things are going to be okay in the end. Uh, This is not the first time that our country has faced a big challenge, and it will not be the last, but how we respond to it is what matters. And so we'll break that down as we go through the day today, uh, covering everything from what's happening on the political front. We had a big debate uh, yesterday with Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. It was a really interesting, very different from the previous 11 debates uh, for the Democratic nomination. We'll break that down a little bit as we go along. And uh, we'll also have uh, Rich McKeon uh, joining us. Uh, he was the uh, chief of staff to uh Uh, Mike Levitt at HHS and uh, did some really fascinating things in terms of their preparation for these kinds of things. So I want to give you just a little behind the scenes look at at some of that today. Uh, Then we'll also have uh, Sherry Dew will join us at 1135 today and uh, give us some perspective in terms of many of the announcements that have come out, uh, including one today from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that you heard here on KSL News Radio this morning regarding missionary service. And so we'll get some good perspective there as well. Uh, but I want to begin our segment today, again, with the kind of perspective that I think we need to to keep in mind uh, in terms of where we are, and more importantly, what can we do? That's the one question I get asked all the time, and it doesn't matter if there's a pandemic going on or just some political chaos. People are always asking, well, what can I do? What should I do? And uh, I think as all good discussions do, we should, we should start with a little bit of advice from Mr. Rogers, uh, who laid it out to his young friends this way. You know, my mother used to say, whenever there would be any really catastrophe that was in the movies or, or on the air, she would say, always look for the helpers. There will always be helpers. Because if you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. All right. 
uh, always looking for the helpers and uh, looking for those opportunities to to make a difference. And and what I want to focus on today is not just looking for the helpers, but being the helpers and uh, becoming the helpers. Uh, we're going to jump right to uh, our newsmaker line right now. Chad Pritchard from uh, Fat Daddy's Pizzeria uh, is one of those helpers, and uh, sounds like you are uh, still in the kitchen. Chad, how you doing this morning? Um, well, we are in the kitchen. We're uh, we're packing lunches for uh, kids today. Um, it was uh, so that's what I've got my my two older daughters here working with me, and I've got some of my customers who. Uh, We've been my regulars for years. They're in volunteering uh, with us today, and that's we're fantastic. packing lunches. Uh, that, that's fantastic. And so, if you're if you're just tuning in, of course, uh, late last week uh, with the announcements coming uh, from the governor's office that uh, we would have this soft closing uh, of the schools for the next two weeks. Obviously, that presents a, a lot of challenges to a lot of students and parents uh, who rely on those school lunch programs. Uh, and so Chad Pritchard and uh, and Fat Daddy's Pizzeria, they're they're part of the helpers. They're part of the solution out there. Uh, and so starting today, uh, you are uh, feeding any school age child that needs lunch for free from eleven to one. Tell us, a, give us a few more details there, Chad. You know, I I we have the, the pizza shop, and my wife works full time, and my kids eat school at lunch, and so this was a an issue for us. We said, how do we you know, who keeps the kids or whatever. And so clearly it, 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 it fell to me because I have more flexibility with my, with my shop. And so I brought them in and I was planning meals for my children because I don't want them to eat just pizza every, every, every meal. I'm sure they would like that, but uh, they can't just have pizza every meal. And so I thought if this is a problem with me, it's got to be a problem with, 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 with other people. And we have the, we have the, the capacity to, um, feed a lot of people very, very quickly. Um, and we just thought, you know, there's other people that are in need and this is something that we can do. It's something small that we can do, um, to help kids out. We, we lived in the part of town in Provo where there were a lot of kids who were on the, uh, the school lunch program. My wife, uh, is a, a graduate of BYU in, in food science. So she's a food scientist and for a while. She actually ran a, uh, ran a school lunch program. And so she was very familiar with the needs of the community when it comes to, um, when it came to school lunch. And, and so it, it's something that's very important to us, you know, being in the food, the food yeah. business, feeding people. Wonderful. And so we, uh, we thought, Hey, we can, we know how to make food that is good, food that is nutritious and food that, uh, doesn't cost a whole lot of, for us to make. And we can give that out to people who, Kids who need that. Oh, that's fantastic. Chad Pritchard uh, joining us uh, from Fat Daddy's Pizzeria in Provo. Uh, and again, just as a reminder to everyone that starting today, uh, his restaurant will be feeding any school age child that needs lunch uh, for free from 11 to 1. As Chad mentioned, that won't be just pizza. You have all kinds of uh, different things you'll do over the course of the week. Uh, and this is what I really want to emphasize, uh, Chad. And I think this is so important in our focus on who are the helpers out there. Uh, you you said that those who are in need of help uh, can let you know, and those who want to help, whether they want to uh, help financially or come in and volunteer or otherwise, uh, they can get a hold of you at chad at fatdaddiespizzeria.com. 
Com. Chad Pritchard, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Fat Daddy's Pizzeria helping the kids uh, 11 to 1 today. Uh, school-age children that need a lunch for free can get one there. And uh, we appreciate you being one of the helpers out there that we can point to. Thanks so much. Thank you, boy. All right. Again, that's Chad, Chad Pritchard from uh, Fat Daddy's Pizzeria. Uh, and again, just this is just one of many out there in our community, uh, people who just step up and make a difference. Uh, we, we don't need a federal mandate to, to do good things. <laughs> we just need to do good things. And I, I appreciate Chad coming on. I uh, spotted that over the weekend and I thought, you know, that's a that's a great example. Uh, as we talked about uh, from Mr. Rogers, you know, look for the helpers. They're out there. And so this is what I want you to do today. Uh, I want you to chime in on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line, 57500, and 57500 Utah Community Credit Union text line. And, and I want you to chime in. Who are the helpers that you're seeing out there? Or what are you doing today to help? I don't care what it is, large, small, uh, neighbor, family member, whatever it may be. I want to know who the helpers are that you're seeing and what help you're doing. Uh, to make a difference out there in our community, because that's how we get through things like this uh, in a way that it will accelerate it and uh, really help us to to move forward quickly uh, and in a way that will uh, benefit not just uh, our communities in the state of Utah, but the, the whole country. I think this is one more moment uh, where the Utah model uh, can show the country how we can actually get things done. All right, I want to do just a, a real quick recap on uh, the debate last night. And uh, it's amazing how debates change, uh, given the, the dynamics on the ground. I don't know that people were overly concerned about another uh, shouting match. And so this wasn't one, actually. I, I credit uh, both uh, Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. I think they caught the moment properly. Uh, it was a challenging debate to be in a studio, no audience, and just one other competitor. So this was very different than the previous debates uh, up to this point. And I thought one of the interesting things, I thought they started out great um, and uh, had a good conversation about the coronavirus and what was going on there. And and then it sort of unraveled a little bit. It just kind of became... Uh, I likened it to, you know, two old guys sitting at the Elks Club arguing about, you know, who won the the high school game back in, you know, 30 years ago. Uh, and there was just lots of back and forth on things that just didn't seem to quite elevate the conversation. I think this is going to be a challenge for Bernie Sanders moving forward. Uh, he is not at his best in that environment. Uh, he needs a crowd. Uh, he needs other competitors as a foil uh, because he is good at, at arguing and pivoting and, and going uh, interrupting, doing that. Uh, so it definitely played to Joe Biden's strength, uh, although he was not without some uh, some gaffes and flaws during the night as well. But I think in the end, uh, this really doesn't move the needle for either candidate status quo, which definitely benefits uh, the vice president moving into another Tuesday tomorrow. Uh, where Florida, Illinois, Ohio, and Arizona will go to the ballot box. 600-plus delegates at stake, and so we'll continue to watch that. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, we'll be joined by Rich McKeon, uh, who has some great insight from his time at HHS as Chief of Staff to Mike Levitt. Uh, Stick around. This will be an important conversation coming up. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? 
Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Horses. Welcome back, everyone. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you here on KSL today. And as we said, we're we're trying to get through all the uh, information and things that are going on while looking for the helpers today. That's uh, part of our job. Uh, some of you have already chimed in on our Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, just a couple real quick as we start this segment. Uh, one texter said, neighbors checked in on us yesterday. Today, we're returning the favor by putting together a low-carb box for a diabetic student in need that attends a school my sister works at. That's wonderful. That's being part of the solution. Uh, Another uh, helpers, uh, grocery store and pharmacy employees left food for my neighbors. Uh, Another one that uh, just popped in, uh, and I really love this one. Uh, This person said they're they're being a helper. Uh, They try to remove bad information and direct people back to the trusted sources, CDC and so on. Uh, all of us should do the same. Uh, bad info is part of the problem uh, in dealing with this kind of crisis and this kind of challenge. Uh, so that's the uh, that's the real test there. Um, so uh, continue to, to chime in. Let us know uh, either how you're seeing the helpers out there, who's being helpful, and what are you doing to help uh, make a difference for those in your community as we plow through this. Uh, very pleased now to be joined by my friend Rich McKeon, uh, Rich was uh, chief of staff uh, for Mike Levitt at the uh, HHS, as well as his time in the governor's office. And I wanted to bring Rich on because Rich has a really unique perspective uh, in terms of a lot of the behind the scenes things that have to be done in order to deal with with this kind of situation. So, Rich, uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Good morning, boy. It's great. We had your uh, your former boss there, uh, former Governor Levitt, uh, was on with uh uh, Dave and Dejanovic this morning talked about some interesting things we'll get to in a minute. Uh, but I know when when you were uh, chief of staff, you you organized uh, really a series of, of meetings and interactions across the country uh, that, again, should give people both a, a good roadmap uh, and maybe some confidence in terms of what's taking place behind the scenes. Uh, you know, uh, when the H5N1 in 2005 and six was percolating. There was a proactive outreach to every state to convene a summit to help people kind of understand the preparation needed. I think one of the unfortunate things is there's enough time in between these pandemics that people forget. But, uh, you know, the biggest message I think that we send is that people are waiting for the federal government to swoop in and save things. It's not going to happen. That this is really very much about uh, an international collaboration to create a vaccine, to uh, to to produce it, and to let the local health people begin to recognize the things that they need to do on the scene locally, and to prepare businesses and families and communities. And we've seen a remarkable outreach in that regard here in Utah. I think. Yeah, I think it's. And I'm so glad you raised that point because it is what's happening on the the local level. The federal solution is is usually going to be a little behind and a little slow and, and probably a little bulky and a little unwieldy uh, in the end. And uh, being able to do things at the state level uh, is so important. Yeah. Also, though, the, the, you know, most catastrophes like uh, tornadoes or hurricanes are kind of localized and you have the ability to bring people in to help. But this is kind of synchronized across the nation simultaneously. And very, very difficult for the federal government to do the outreach, and it's why I'm pleased that you know that we live in a state where there's a there's foresight, there's a, a proactive initiatives to to close and get people socially distanced, so that we can really uh, 
do some risk abatement on the uh, on the amount of uh, on the, this curve that we keep talking about that could be exponential if we don't socially distance ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely, great uh, insight there. I want to. I'm going to play for you just a, a quick clip of uh, of former Governor Levitt. Uh, again, he was on uh, KSL News Radio with uh, Dave and Debbie this morning, and uh, then I want you to respond to this in terms of kind of the fears, and then uh, what is the go forward. So I think we're all a bit nervous about what we don't know. So my my approach has been to do what I can to prepare, uh, to follow good advice, but it. It, it, it may well be because this is history uh, talking. It's biologic fact that pandemics happen. That, uh, as we talked the last time we were together, the dilemma is these happen far enough apart that every generation has to relearn the lessons. All right. And uh, so so as, as you look at that, uh, Rich, what are the things, uh, again, obviously that fear, the uncertainty is is part of the problem. It creates that angst and anxiety uh, what is it that gives you the most confidence as we look at how do we march forward in the in the next week, the next couple of weeks? I think we're going to learn lots in the next couple of weeks about whether or not we've been able to flatten this this curve that could otherwise be exponential. The difficulty and problem is is that our hospital systems are capable of dealing with normal and slightly higher than normal. But, you know, in the kind of exponential growth that occurred, like in Italy and some other places, you could overwhelm the system. I think that's really our the, the downside. And so the, the Mike Levin and I talked maybe three, you know, maybe two months ago as we began to watch this develop and said this could be it. We both wrote notes to our families to say, you know, begin to get yourself prepared for this. And I don't think any of our family, I hope, has had to be part of the rush on toilet paper, but there seems to be a natural inclination to go out and now begin to try and stockpile. I think we just need to be rational and recognize that if we can have adequacy and move ourselves through this a step at a time, that we'll be in very, very good uh, position to, to try and resolve it and do what we can to help the medical system not be overwhelmed. And that means take seriously this concept of social distancing. I think that's the key to it. Let's not be part of the generation of this disease and allowing it to spread at, at a quicker than, than uh, rate than we could control. Uh, fantastic. Great insight as always. Rich McKeon, uh, one of the great strategic thinkers of our time and uh, appreciate you giving us a little peek behind and a little look forward as well. Uh, always appreciate your insight. Uh, we'll keep in close tabs as we roll forward. Thanks, boy. And keep unifying the, the community as you're doing on this uh, radio broadcast. Very much appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Rich. All right. Again, that's Rich McKeon uh, joining us. Uh, I, I love the way Rich thinks about these kinds of things. He's He's one of those rare strategists that can see ahead and around the corners uh, and is always asking the challenging questions. So I think that's a great perspective there. If you happen to miss any of the broadcast today, you can always pick that up uh, on the KSL News Radio app brought to you by our friends at Any Hour Services. A uh, great way to make sure you don't miss a thing, especially at a time when information, right information, proper information uh, is uh, really critical to making the right kinds of decisions. As we roll uh, towards the bottom of the hour here, just a couple of other uh, quick uh, takes from our uh, text line today in terms of who are the helpers you're seeing out there and what are you doing to help? Uh, One of our texters said, as part of school at home, we're making cards for the residents at a nearby care facility. I love that. Uh, Another one. uh, Let's hit one more here before we get to the bottom. 
love this one. A lady at the grocery store over the weekend offered to give us some of her own baby wipes from her house when she overheard us at the checkout that we weren't uh, able to find any. Uh, so, again, these are, are great things in terms of helpers uh, and the things that we can do as a community. Uh, and I think one of the things that we'll recognize is the more that we do that, uh, the more the, the tension, the angst, the anxiety uh, will be lowered. And then we make better decisions. We make more rational decisions. We make more strategic decisions. And we make more kind decisions uh, in terms of what we do, how we conduct ourselves at home and in the community, how we keep the, the proper distances we've been talking about today and uh, continue to rock things forward uh, as we should and as we know how to do better than anyone uh, here in the state of Utah. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we'll be joined by Sherry Dew. Uh, she is the chief content officer, executive vice president here at uh, Desert Management Corporation. We'll get her insight uh, coming up here on KSL News Radio. Inside sources. Inside sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today, and we are very pleased to be joined in studio today by the Executive Vice President and Chief Content Officer of Deseret Management Corporation, Sherry Dew. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Boyd. Nice to be here. You know, I was really looking forward to this Monday because I was actually going to have you in here to discuss our brackets Selection and March Sunday. Madness. Selection yeah. Sunday behind us. Uh, maybe a little bit of mourning. Uh, I, I felt it oh. this morning with no bracket to look at, uh, but I thought we'd have you come in and uh, help us uh, get a little perspective on what we should be mourning today. Oh, and boy, for a Kansan <laughs> who is a dyed-in-the-wool BYU fan, I had two reasons going into Mar- March Madness to think this is going to be a fun run. But uh, such as it is. Such as it is. Yeah, for sure. Well, we wanted to get your perspective on a, on a number of things today. Obviously, as this uh, coronavirus continues to move across and as we get updates and as things continue to change, uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has made a series of announcements over the past week, uh, changing everything from uh, temples to church meetings to today missionaries. Give us a little perspective on that. You know, just just speaking as a member of the church and and watching this and um, uh, hearing the announcements along with everyone else, I have been, I think, comforted and strengthened really by the steadfastness of our leaders mm. and by their ju- they're just marching forward. They're taking um, taking things in stride, being proactive. Um, they announced that there will be no sacrament meetings around the world. Imagine. Mm. Uh, before everything, before all the other tumblers, really, the big tumblers started to yeah. to drop. And so it feels like, uh, I mean, they started several weeks ago with, with adjustments, temporary adjustments. But I just have taken uh, solace and comfort in their leadership and in moving forward and saying we want to be part of the solution, mm. uh, not part of the problem. We We want to be good global citizens. We want to protect our own members, but we want to help protect, protect the world. Yeah. And so I love, I love watching this. And yes, we're all having to make adjustments. Some of them are more difficult to roll with than others. But um, I've taken comfort from their, it just feels steadfast and sure and leading out. And I'm, 
I'm thinking, okay, we'll get through this. The yeah. prophet said, we'll get through this. Yeah. And I believe it. Yeah. I wanted to, <clears throat> excuse me, I wanted to ask you as a, as an observer of the church, uh, and th- there does seem to be this theme of we want to be part of the solution, not uh-huh. the problem. Uh, and you've also seen uh, President Nelson uh, on the, the global stage. You've seen him as a world religious uh-huh. leader. Uh, the, the image yesterday of Pope, uh, uh, Pope Francis uh, standing on the balcony with no one uh, in, uh-huh. you know, out there in St. Peter's mm-hmm. Square. Uh, you've seen President Nelson in a lot of different situations around the world, again, as a global leader. What are some of the things you've observed that really give you that confidence, that steadfastness that you mentioned? He has... Um, um in my view, he has some remarkable leadership capacities and capabilities. And they come out both in large audiences and in his ability to minister one-on-one. Mm. And I think one of the things that's really comforting today and strengthening today is we have, for the last two years of his uh, leadership as president of the church, we have seen him around the globe. You and I have seen him mm-hmm. in I don't know how many countries, what, 20 or 30? Or, a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of countries, a lot of miles. <laughs> And we have seen him ministering. We've seen him. We've heard him teach. We've heard him preach. And there's something about we've seen all of that. And though even now, though we have this period of time that's a little bit unusual, where it's really not probably wise for anybody to be traveling let, very much, let alone uh, somebody in his 90s. But we have we've seen it, and we have that to hang on to while we go through a period that is a little bit different. Yeah. And one of the things that we have remarked on you and I've talked about this many times that. When he stands in front of an audience of 40,000 or more, which we've seen him do plenty of times, it also feels like he's talking to the one. Yeah. And I feel like he's talking to me and that is pertinent to me. And so he has that wonderful capability. And I would I would add on to that, um, having the chance to sit in a fair number of meetings uh, that have, you know, where I've been called into different things. He's quite remarkable in that he really wants to hear what people in the room have to say. So his capacities mm. as, a, as a leader I'm, shine. Mm. And he's not – it doesn't seem to be difficult for him to make difficult decisions and to say, yeah, we're going to have to do things differently for the next little while. And we are going to be part of the solution and we are going to be good global citizens. And we do want – when he says he prays for us and he loves us and please take care of yourselves, I think he's speaking as a prophet and also as a doctor. Yeah, when you when you held people's hearts in your hands, yeah. uh, you, you make decisions pretty decisively and, and move it he forward. He wants people to be well physically yeah. and spiritually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you've had experience uh, when you were part of the leadership of the Relief Society. Uh, tomorrow's the birthday of the uh, Relief Society, 1842. Happy or, birthday. Happy birthday to the Relief Society. Happy birthday Society. to us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so you've, you have interacted with women around the world mm-hmm. uh, in times of great uh, prosperity and in times of, of great calamity. Uh, what do you what do you think the sisters, the women of the church, uh, some 7 million plus around the world, uh, are doing today in relationship to the coronavirus? I think they're figuring out what to do and marching forward. I have said for years, um, stand me in front of a map, blindfold me, let me throw a dart, see where it lands. I could fly to that place, get off the plane, give me 24 hours, maybe less, and I can find you women who can hold their own with anybody anywhere. They know how to lead. Mm-hmm. They know how to plan. They know how to serve. They know how to minister. They know how to care for others. They know how to organize and make mm-hmm. things happen. So my personal feeling is, I mean, this early this morning I was at a grocery store 
probably like everybody else, <laughs> looking at empty shelves. <laughs> a lot of shelves, yep. And I ran into a couple of women from my ward, and what's the first thing they said? Oh, can we help you with anything? <laughs> well, can I help you with anything? <laughs> I think um, our sisters are just saying, okay, we'll figure this out, and we'll follow the instruction of our leaders, and we'll get it done. Yeah. If you're just joining us, we have Sherry Dew uh, joining us in studio today, uh, talking about a lot of the things happening around the world in relationship to the coronavirus and <clears throat> in relation to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and many of the actions they've been taking over the past week. <clears throat> Excuse me, just losing my voice today for no reason. Um, I-, I wanted to uh, to hit, you know, with in conjunction with the Relief Society, uh, we wrote over the weekend uh, this this old saying that I've always loved that we we couldn't wait for success to come our way so we went on without it and made our own. Uh, I think that's sort of the uh, the stamp of the the Relief Society is that uh, they don't wait around uh, for success or for anything else to come their way. You you go uh, make it happen. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, there are a lot of great people out there doing good things, being the helpers, uh, making a, mm-hmm. a difference in their communities. Mm-hmm. It's a hallmark. Um, I think that. I think I have long thought that if um, if the na- national and international media really saw the fruits of the labors of the women of the church, that there would be, there would be cover stories everywhere. It always cracks me up, and I I don't mean this to sound disparaging at all. Please don't misunderstand <laughs> what I'm going to say. But on Thanksgiving, we're going to hear reports about somebody that that fed X number of of the less fortunate of Thanksgiving dinner or whatever. And I think, okay, honestly. We have millions of sisters that are doing that every day mm. because they've been taught to do it. They're wired to do it. They've actually made covenants to do it, to serve yeah. and to follow. And they're they're looking for, for chances to. And I, I'm not saying that we do it perfectly and maybe we don't even do it well all the time. But if you wanted to just calculate the service that comes from the sisters of the church in 190-ish countries – Oh my goodness, that's a that's a cover story by anybody's standard and by anybody's measure, and it's going on um, every day of the year. Yeah, just want to get some some final thoughts uh, again. Sherry Dew joining us in studio today. Uh, you have written extensively. You have studied great leaders uh, in the church and out. Uh, you're uh, you love history. You have a patriotic cord that runs really deep. Uh, what do you What do you hope? Uh, what do you hope people are thinking about? What do you hope people are doing uh, in the the midst of some pretty big uncertainty? I well, I have hoped as I've thought about this and am wrestling with this challenge, just like everyone else. I have thought, okay, Sherry, um, what areas are you prepared, and what areas could you have been better prepared? Mm. And I hope that we're all taking stock of that. Let's start there. I hope that this actually seeds um, in the hearts of men and women and youth everywhere a greater desire to turn to God and to look to heaven for help. It becomes really um, an interesting experience to go to one grocery store after another, one major big box store after another, and see that in a time of real crisis, our normal manner of survival can cave in pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And so there's both a physical preparedness that we need to be responsible for. Yeah. But when all is said and done, it's the spiritual preparedness yeah. 
Yeah. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever your particular faith, but it's the spiritual preparedness that will pull us through. And that's why I think the prophet's video message over the weekend was the number one trending video on YouTube, a better part of the Sabbath. Yeah, almost uh, over 2.7 million uh, And probably counting. And probably counting. My guess is it's probably over 3 million now. Could be. Uh, But it is that message, and regardless of your faith tradition, uh, just that looking to heaven or looking beyond ourselves and our own personal interests, uh, is good for the community. It's certainly good mm-hmm. for the country. Mm-hmm. All right, Cherry Dew, thank you so thank much you. for joining Thanks us for today. The privilege. And uh, we will we'll have you back when we can actually do some March Madness oh. picks next time around. Thank you. All right, we'll go ahead, step aside. Final break. When we come back, we're going to continue to look for the helpers, and I want to know what you're doing to help today. Chime in on our KSL News uh, text line five seven five zero zero. We'll share those when we come back. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on KSL Inside Sources today. And as always, uh, so many things going on in this uh, fastest 60 minutes in radio. We are running out of time already. I do want to give you a a quick update. Currently, uh, there's a press conference going on relating to uh, Salt Lake City, Salt Lake County, and and what is going on there. We've got Mayor Mendenhall, Governor Herbert, uh, and others have been uh, speaking. And I want to share just a little bit of that with you, just to give you some of the perspective. This is really focused on the economic impact uh, of the coronavirus and uh, what's being done to help mitigate that and to help people have confidence and be able to move forward. Uh, So here's what uh, Governor Herbert had to say. But uh, regarding the health of our economy, Uh, Today I'm announcing I've created an economic response task force uh, which will work in conjunction along with our COVID-19 task force which the Lieutenant Governor is uh, leading. Now again we have a a unique time and so we need to see what we can do to protect and mitigate against a significant economic downturn and this task force uh, will help us to in fact uh, determine what we should be doing to help minimize the negative impact of the coronavirus. All right, that's uh, Governor Gary Herbert. Again, a uh, press conference uh, going on here in Salt Lake City uh, in conjunction with the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I want to play one more clip uh, from Governor Herbert. Again, this was just within the last uh, few minutes here. Uh, He said that uh, government has a role to play, and that's important. Here's what he said. Government has a role to play. We're going to make sure that government plays its role effectively and does everything possible to protect the health, safety, and welfare of the people of Utah. All right, again, that's uh, Governor Gary Herbert uh, at a press conference at the Chamber of Commerce uh, talking about the economic impact. I also wanted to share one uh, clip from uh, Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, uh, who, again, is trying to make sure that people have confidence, that they have the right perspective as we try to march everything forward. These are times that are certainly going to test our resolve as a community and the character of who we are as the people of Utah. The time for government and the business community to act in unison is now. All right, that's uh, Mayor Aaron Mendenhall chiming in as well. So again, a united front between the state and the city uh, in terms of these economic impacts. And we'll continue to cover all of that here live on KSL News Radio throughout the day today. Uh, a lot is going on, and uh, we'll try to keep you up to date on uh, all the different components there. Uh, I think the big thing is to uh, remember that that we know how to do this in this state. 
uh, and we can really be a model to the nation in terms of how we take care of each other, how we come together. Appreciate those of you who've uh, chimed in on the text line today, uh, talking about either helpers that you have seen uh, or help that you have provided yourself or someone uh, along the way. And that's such an important part of who we are in the state of Utah uh, and a way for us to make sure that we do mitigate uh, the spread of the virus uh, and that we can return to normalcy as, as quickly and rapidly as possible. Uh, granted, it's going to take some time. It, this is going to be a process. There are no quick fixes uh, to this kind of pandemic. Uh, but we do have the right things in place. And I think we can trust that uh, between what happens in our homes, in our neighborhoods and communities, what happens in the state, uh, and what ultimately will happen at the federal level, again, which will come in last, as Rich McKeon rightly pointed out, uh, in these kinds of things where it's so big uh, that it really is going to be a, uh, a local level issue for the most part. Uh, so I want to round out today uh, just a little bit. Uh, obviously, we want everyone to continue to do social distancing, to do uh, all the right preventative things. If you're sick, don't go into work today. Uh, if you're uh, If you have children at home and you need some help, you know, reach out. Uh, don't try to just uh, do it on your own today. Uh, and if you have capacity to to check in on a neighbor, to help somebody, uh, let's get that done today too, because that's ultimately part of it. So all the precautionary measures, making sure we're getting good information, right information, check the information, check your sources before you're posting stuff on social media today. Uh, all of those are important. Uh, we started the show today with uh, a little clip from uh, Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, and uh, I won't play it again uh, just in the interest of our uh, evaporating time. Uh, but he said in, in all of these situations, in scary situations, that we need to look for the helpers and because there are always people who are helping. And then most important, we need to be the helper. Uh, we talked earlier in the program about Chad Pritcher and uh, Fat Daddy's Pizzeria that is offering help to children who uh, need a lunch today. Uh, and in the days ahead, they're prepared to do that at uh, Fat Daddy's Pizza uh, and love that Chad is doing that. And you can you can uh, chime in there. You can help there. You can donate there to make sure that uh, every child that needs a lunch uh, is going to get one today. Uh, nationally and internationally, uh, educators have been scrambling to to try to figure out, you know, how to make the learning system work and to uh, to meet the needs of students. Uh, Zoom. Uh, many people have become very familiar with Zoom in the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, it's a technology platform for online meetings, digital connections, and and the Zoom uh, CEO Eric Wan announced in an email. Uh, he said this: Given that many K through 12 schools are starting to close, we decided to offer Zoom access to all K through 12 schools in the country starting today. Uh, that's a helper. Uh, that's being out there. That's doing the things that we know how to do. Uh, on Friday in the Rose Garden at the uh, the White House, President Trump, Vice President Pence, the coronavirus team, uh, government officials, and, and leading business uh, businesses announced public-private partnerships uh, to help take on the pandemic throughout the country. And that's such an important component to all of this, is that private business, government agencies, citizens, when we put the good of the country first, it helps. Uh, and that's what we want. And so in our, our over and often hyper-connected world of technology, uh, it's producing an ever more isolated citizenry. And we have to make sure we're keeping those connections, especially as we isolate more. And I think one of the best ways to do that today is to follow Mr. Rogers' rule and look for the helpers. 
and then be a helper. Uh, staying connected is, is such a big part of this. Uh, in a Washington Post piece over the weekend uh, by Dan Zach, uh, a ra- uh, rabbi from uh, Los Angeles said something that I think is uh, is really important for all of us to think through. Again, as we isolate more, we need to be prepared to do more and reach out more. And this is what he said. He said, every hand that we don't shake must become a phone call that we place. Every embrace that we avoid today must become a verbal expression of warmth and concern. Every inch and every foot that we physically place between ourselves and another must become a thought as to how we might help that other should the need arise. So every hand that we don't shake, make sure you make a phone call or send a text today. And uh, every embrace that we avoid, make sure that it, it becomes an expression of warmth and concern. So in times of challenge and uncertainty, we should all look for and acknowledge the helpers. More importantly, in whatever way we can, let's be the helpers. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us today on Inside Sources. And as always, as you go out into the world today, Make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.